Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I am your host, Kat, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters and Masters Torcaster, Dragon Rider. Hello! <laughs> and, of course, we have Major Death. Dean? Yes. So, and it is our live show. Welcome. We Hello, 170. Live. A big, nice round number. We're only like, you know, half a year, I guess. I was good. It seemed like it was going to be much closer when I started that statement, but <laughs> half a year to, 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 to 200. My brain did that exact same thing. I was like, it's only 30 more episodes, uh, but once a week, that's 30 yeah. more weeks. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like, oh, that's, ha- a little that's ways over half still. a year. <laughs> yeah. So. We're knocking yeah. on the door. What can I say? Yeah. That's we'll crazy. It's still crazy to think that we're only 30 episodes away from 200. So. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's go over last week's poll question. So. Yes. So last week we asked you who who's the biggest winner with the latest round of balance changes. We had 28 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with exactly 50% of the vote, Demon Hunter emerged victorious. Hunter and Priest, the other two options we gave you, each got 25% of the vote, and nobody voted for the other. Uh, Mad at Arms gave a great reply to the tweet as to why uh, he picked Demon Hunter. 100% Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter had zero playable archetypes at the beginning of the expansion, and now it has two really solid decks. Hunter and Priest already had decks. Or, yeah, and Hunter is the best deck, but not that much better. So uh, totally agree with Mad at Arms' suggestion on things, and and I makes a really good case for why Demon Hunter was the big winner uh, with the latest balance patch. Yeah. And it seems like Hunter. <laughs> Hunter is a little bit better looking at the. Uh, some of those stats that are out there. And I guess we'll we'll talk about that a little bit yeah. more. Later on in the show. But let's get to the news first. And we have. Hearthstone announces that. Denathrius returns. Mini set coming soon? Question mark. <laughs> uh, tweets tweet shows from the front page of Riven Denth Review with headline Denathius Returns as one case closes can Murloc Holmes and Watfin solve the stolen anima conspiracy so I da, da, da. Da, da, da. <laughs> and that is just like come here's what our theme for the mini set is going to be so yeah, it does kind of feel like the tease before the announcement of the announcement. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we so meta now that we're doing teases of announcements of announcements? And how many more announcements of announcements of announcements of announcements of announcements are we going to get? teases. Yeah. Even more. true. What, what was the jungle themed one with the dinosaurs? Angoro? What can I? Angoro, yes. Yeah. I, re- I remember the little teasers. The, the little, they put it out on Twitter. It was like, uh, 
Broad and one of the other <laughs> leads, right? They were like lost. Uh, Kozak, I believe. She's in the jungle. Kozak, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, all right. They did that back then. So I, I feel like they've always done little teasers. I think more recently it's evolved into like little 30 second things, but. I still feel like this is like the new, <laughs> yeah. the new yeah. version of the the teaser. Yeah, I guess, I guess like they they've done like small little fifteen second video clips mm-hmm. or or like animated GIF type things or different things like that to kind of tease that an announcement is coming. But um, but yeah, so it feels like. We're right on the doorstep of getting to learn the name of and, you know, possibly card reveals for the for the mini set. So I assume the announcement's cool. coming out right after we hit end recording. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It'll come they're, out. They're tomorrow, specifically like waiting till, you know about <laughs> an hour from now. Exactly. Then... <laughs> so just just keep your eyes on Twitter yeah. and you should be seeing the announcement after we go off the air. <laughs> if if nothing else, they'll be sure to do it tomorrow morning mm-hmm, before this mm-hmm. episode gets published uh, via yes. via you know pod in podcast form. So that way, then we can look like we don't know what we're talking. About. <laughs> uh, so the biggest news I feel like is Dean Ayala Ixar announces he's leaving Team Five and Blizzard Entertainment. He announced it via Twitter on September 16th. Tweet reads, After 11 years, I'm leaving Blizzard. Hearthstone is an incredible game. To have played even a small part in its creation is an honor I'll never forget. Thank you to all the players, and especially thanks to you, my fellow game creators. I am proud of all we built together. Uh, He was most recently the game director since February 2022, when uh, game director, uh, wait, was I can't read that. Okay, was a game designer from February twenty fourth or twenty fourteen through November twenty sixteen, and lead designer from November twenty sixteen to February twenty two. Sorry, Dragon Rider was editing Sorry. the uh, <laughs> the text, and it was uh, it was hanging over no. the the note. It was like Dragon Rider. I'm like, I can't read it because there's literally <laughs> something in my way. Yeah, so he's he's had a pretty big fingerprint on this game, yeah. I would say, as a as a game designer first, and then as lead designer for for six years, and then yes, the it was it was weird when yeah. we saw the announcement. We were talking like he hasn't been game director that long, and now he's leaving. This is kind of crazy. Yes, yeah. was it? We found out six months, right? We thought. Yeah. Six, seven months. Yeah. Because yep, I, I, we were chatting about it and I actually, uh, you know, shout out to Coin Concede, but I you know, Googled that episode when they had Ben Leon when he announced that he was leaving. And like, I remember that felt like such a huge thing, you know, to be part mm-hmm. of that in the community and like be in that chat and watching like as that kind of announcement and that reveal and interview happened live. Uh, just like we're doing with this episode right now. But yeah, it was that episode was published on audio on March 3rd. And it's like, wait, 
March 3rd, 2022. That's this year. Whoa. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it feels like it was a while ago, but at the same time, it feels like it was not that long ago at all, especially in relative to something like being the, the game director. So, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a shock, I think, to a lot of us seeing that, like, what? What's happening? What do you mean? <laughs> like, and not going to a different game in Blizzard, like leaving Blizzard altogether. It, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I feel like this is something if you follow uh, the comic book industry, you'll see people go through Marvel and DC and then they'll leave and they'll go do their own stuff. They'll go do their own uh, owner created properties and then like they make more of the money there and that's kind of like i feel like that's kind of like the dream tra trajectory is like you you go through the system you learn as much as you can learn and then you go do an indie game or you go start your own studio and and you start the process over again so I, that that tends to happen in such a lucrative business like this so it's uh it it makes sense to me, but it does. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just it's still a little a little crazy that like it feels like if you're a game designer, it feels like kind of the precipice of mm -hmm. game design is being the game director that you've been working on for you know years and years. And I get I get that there tends to be a lot of movement and churn and different things like that that occur in the game development industry but it feels like i would have thought that there would have been you know a little bit longer at the top right i i you know you're struggling to get to that top of that mountain and it's like i want to enjoy the view for a little bit before before you know jumping down and and trying to climb another mountain exactly you know but it, but at the same time i think he's really going to be missed because remember he's the one that that started doing those just random twitter q a's and mm -hmm. really i think more than anyone before him really was open to answering questions from the community and sharing his thoughts on the game and there the level of transparency that we got into kind of develop game development and specifically the hearthstone game i don't know if we're ever going to get that level of transparency again like it's it it was something that he was doing just because and he started it even before he became game director and and it's just you know it's a hard thing to do because you have to he you have to be in the right position to kind of know a lot of what's going on in the game to be able to answer a lot of these questions because the questions were all over the place right you know, there's lots of different aspects to the Hearthstone game, the client, the monetization, the game modes, everything. And it's like, in order, and he was trying to answer questions. And yes, he, you know, he was kind of shifting questions over to people that might know them a little bit better. But he'd always, it always felt like he had a lot of answers for a lot of different things. And, and I just, I... I don't know if we're going to get that again. And, and, you know, it's, it sucks when you have that and then it, 
maybe kind of goes away, right? It yeah, just... yeah, for sure. And he will be missed 100%. He was a, obviously, he's been with the game more or less since day one, essentially. Yeah. And he obviously left his fingerprint on the game and he was very community facing. So, like, it was super nice having him around. So, kind of sucks. Yeah. But we, I, I think I'm going to speak for both of you, I'm sure, but we wish nothing but great things for wherever or whatever he decides to do, go from from here. He, he uh, seems like a really classy guy and, and, and deserves that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can safely say that in regard for all of us, so. <laughs> yes. Ah, okay. Well, do you want to talk about tournaments? Yes. Let's talk about tournaments. Uh, I talked about the tournament announcement last week, so if you're curious on that, go ahead and, after you finish this, go listen to last week's episode. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. We're, we're in between, you know, they made the post, like, last week, before the, you know, before we recorded last week's episode, just basically stating the dates for the upcoming tournaments through the end of the year. And like, that's, that's all we got right now. There's, there's not a lot going on um, tournament wise for standard this coming weekend is a lobby legends tournament. Um, so if you're interested in that, you know, you'll, you can go find information on that on uh, the Twitter at HS esports, but for standard, yeah, we're just, we're just kind of in a waiting period. I do want to note so. one thing, though, about the Lobby Legends Castle yes. Nathria that is happening this weekend. Apparently, Blizzard is releasing a Twitch extension called Tavern Buddy oh. that is yes. that is that they're going to be incorporate into the broadcast that are going to let viewers participate in making predictions. That is the coolest cool. thing. I I think that this is you know we don't obviously have this. For, for standard mm -hmm. yet but if this is some the kinds of things that they're working on and, and potentially could integrate with battlegrounds maybe maybe this is something that they're working on for for other game modes as well so uh, i i saw the tweet from saddle talking about it that he was really excited about it and so i was just like hey that is that does seem really really cool yeah, I think uh, I think you know how how many weeks are we gonna bring this up? Ben Hearthstone, the wonderful <laughs> one and only Ben Hearthstone, I think is uh, where I saw initially being <laughs> posted and talked about. Um, yes, let me pull that up right now and look at that because yeah, it is kind of interesting. They kind of have a, a little graphic for it. Um, there's gonna be some different things you'll be able to like. Uh, create a quote-unquote fantasy team, right? Choose your top three players in each group. Uh, they mm. have a puzzle box, predict the events of today's matches, a bandwagon, guess the winner based on the first five turns, and Barov's Blessing, take sides and a chosen matchup. Uh, so kind of interesting, you know, interesting little thing there, but that's, that's a cool way, I think, to get viewers involved. And I, I do think... Like you were saying, like, if they're trying out this stuff, I feel like Battlegrounds is the place to start with it. Like, Battlegrounds really feels like it's 
Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more interactive like that. <laughs> um, I mean, if you try to do that with standard, they'd probably have to adjust it. But like some of this, like, oh, whose theater is going to steal something first? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> might not be as I'm sure they'd come up with a better stuff. That's just what came to my mind first. But um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool to see that. And I might try to actually i typically don't watch the lobby legends myself i don't know if either of you try to catch those but yeah i generally i generally do they're they're good times and and generally the casting's pretty choice so we get some we get some pretty hype moments yeah do you get a chance to watch them mage i i have not up until this point but i I, I wouldn't be against it. It just hasn't worked out that I've been able to catch anything. So I might, I might, I'd, I, I'm assuming that you're going to have to kind of be on a PC to do this rather than, than on a, like a TV. Cause I typically watch when I watch Twitch, I typically watch on either my phone or on a TV. And I'm not sure how that'll work, how this extension will work mm. in, yeah. in those in those instances so you might need to be on a pc in order to in order to do it but it 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 might be worth checking in on your pc just to to be able to try out some of that functionality yeah 100 percent agreed i think i'm gonna i'm gonna check it out just so i can mess around with that the tavern buddy extension thing just to uh just to see it it's gonna be specify that it's in english though so that's uh another thing to note you know of course this is the first time running it so i guess trying it out in english and then probably see you know to get feedback and see how popular it is and all that kind of stuff before they start expanding on it but uh yes thank you for the reminder on that excellent so yeah what did we uh what did we end up deciding to talk about for main topic this week? So the I... main topic this week is we're going to talk about two different decks that have emerged as kind of I think better than average if you're if you're looking to try and uh make a push towards legend or maybe a new high rank uh this month. The two Two, there are two decks that we're going to talk about today that have kind of emerged that each of us have played some games with that that are pretty good. And I think, uh, Dragon Rider, if you can pull up HS Replay posted actually a infographic talking about the top uh, 10 decks in each of the regions over since the 14th at Diamond Through Legend. And... Uh, in the Americas, actually across all the regions, Americas, Europe, and Asia Pacific, the the best deck right now is Beast Hunter. Wow. Uh, it is it is uh 57.6% wow. win rate in America, uh <laughs> all the way down to 56.8% uh in in, in uh Asia. So that that is, and then the other deck we're going to talk about a little bit later is going to be Curse Imp Warlock because we we all have some experience playing with that deck. It is currently third in the Americas at fifty three point one, third in Europe, it's about the same, and then actually in second place in Asia Pacific. So 
these are these are good decks. These are decks that yes. uh, that if you can craft them and, and and play them at a high level, you should be able to do fairly well with them. They all have some some pretty good matchups right now, and um, yeah, we thought we would go through. It's been a while since we talked about some specific decks, yes. so why don't so why don't we start with Beast Hunter? Um, I think this is a deck that uh, has been around for a little bit. Um, you know, it's been uh, kind of since Voyage in the Sunken City launched. It seems to have kind of been a, a present deck in the in the meta, and uh, continues to be good. And, and it got some it got some cards that it's including in this from from the latest expansion. Um, but but I, I guess. The reason it is doing so well is because it, it seems to be good against everything. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe have you pull up the uh, the screen grab just one more time, Dragon Rider, because if this is HS replay and showing matchups against the other classes, and basically if you go through and look at it, Demon Hunter, it's all green. Druid, it's all green. Yeah. Hunter, it's all green. Mage, it's all green. It's basically green all the way across the board. <laughs> There is one red matchup. One red matchup. This matchup right here is Bless Priest. It has a 43% win rate against Bless Priest. But otherwise, it is 53% to upwards of like 70-some percent, depending on the matchup. So this deck is good against everything. Yeah, it's just um, when I see this, I'm like, okay, well, when's our next nerf patch coming? Because <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a problem. If if essentially there's only one bad matchup across an entire meta, there might be need. There might be a few tweaks that need to be made to the deck. And you know, it's weird because it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel broken. It doesn't feel... It feels very good. Okay. It feels like you can definitely still lose. But, like, it's just... I'm just amazed at how consistent it is with, at being a 40-card deck most of the time. It's like... Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, how is... How is this so consistent? Like, it seems to be every how? time I... Yeah. How do they have Harpoon Gun on three? <laughs> Every, Every single yes. game. Oh. And how do they always find the hydro Hydrolodon or a Mountain Bear to then play on turn four? How is that possible? Yes. It's, it's, it's a very good question. I'd like some answers to that one. Well, <laughs> okay, so... <sighs> I agree. I feel like it's one of the most consistent for the 40 card decks. And that is a little bit like it, it makes it feel like the Renathal 40 card deck is still slightly overtuned because of that. Because if you can make it more consistent, there's like no downside, right? There's no downside to it. And I think that's where a bit of the kind of frustration or the, the feelings come from. Um, but one thing is, too, is that it's still actually running a few more beasts than the 30-card one as well. Um, specifically, I'm thinking Rat King, 
Because usually the uh, the 30 card list doesn't run Rat King, but the 40 card list does. And uh, it also has the Wild Seed stuff. So I feel like that helps it be a little more consistent as well with creating a board. Right. So even if there isn't a beast drawn off of the weapon or even if the weapon isn't found, generally then the wild seed cards are. So the hunter can at least still keep creating boards the whole time, which makes it feel more consistent. Uh, we're going to talk about the imp curse lock in a little bit. But for me, like that and the relic uh, demon hunter decks have a very similar feeling of there's kind of like two win conditions, right? Like you have the imps. And like the curse stuff, and you hope to get one or the other and not like miss out on stuff, you know, or start with one and then, you know, close out the game with the other one. Um, but Beast Hunter just creates boards the whole time. And, and for me, I feel like that's why it has that more consistent uh, feel to it than some of the other decks right now. Because I think if, if, uh, honestly, I think if, if Demon Hunter, not sure if Demon Hunter had that same consistent feeling like Beast Hunter did. I feel like a lot more people would be playing Demon Hunter and it probably would be even stronger than the Hunter is right now. Yeah, I would say like, so I, w- I was talking about the key cards in our, in our notes here. And obviously we talk about Harpoon Gun. That card has been good yeah. since it got buffed and, and tends to be, a way to end games even kind of rather quickly depending on who your opponent is and what you're able to draw but to me the other card the the other key card that i look for in pretty much every matchup is wild spirits because you get you get two two you know wild seeds for in one card and they like tick right away so you can potentially have a rusher right away on turn three or you get your your next turn you're getting a taunt and you're getting or two turns you're getting you're getting the big the big stag and the weapon and it just feels like if you can get that early in the game if you get if you point it out on two or you're playing it on three it it feels like it is such a huge thing that your opponent then has to deal with and and it gives you a lot of control gives you a lot of time to then find the harpoon gun or get to turn five when you can, you know, start doing the, uh, oh, dang it, I now lost the card here. The, the pet collector to then pull out the rat king or, or the, or the, uh, the saber and get that train rolling. It is just, it is so good. And even something like, like when you're looking at the, the mulligan and stuff i always look for like early curve cards and and so like spirit poachers seems to be really great and like if you get the k9 otron and pull one drop out of your out of the bottom of your deck especially if you're going into the harpoon gun the very next turn so you've got a better chance you you either a know what you're going to be dredging from or b you've hold the one drop out from the bottom of your deck and potentially put a beast into the bottom three of your deck. It, it seems like such a, a great, uh, great set of turns in the early game. And it, and it feels like if you can get those turns, uh, and you know, in those first three turns, it feels like you've got a chance to win pretty much every matchup. Yeah. It's uh 
it just... it's been really interesting because i i want to ask you both we talked a couple weeks ago like pre-nerf and i was talking about how i really kind of expected or thought that they should uh kind of preemptively nerf quest hunter and they did <laughs> now we're seeing beast hunter kind of up at the top and have that consistency that i feel like some people were worried about with uh the quest hunter do you think that there's something that needs adjusted here because of how like good its matchup spread is just while we're, while we're talking about the deck or is it just is it is it because of renathal like what you know <laughs> I I feel like probably the uh, the ability to do as much as it can do is related to Renathal. Like it feels like that's probably a pretty accurate statement. Um, I, as I've said before, I don't know what you do with Prince Renathal. <laughs> I, I he he might not make it past uh, the year of the Hydralisk or the uh, Hydra, whatever it is. Whatever year we're in. Um, <laughs> so I feel like this could be a one and done year for for uh, Prince Renathal. But I I don't know how how or what you do to him to make him uh, more fair. But like when when the numbers are showing right now of it, that one deck has positive matchups against everything in every region except for one archetype i feel like at that point in time it's probably pretty safe to say well we could do with nerfing this or figuring out something else here you know what i'm going to play the counter argument i i think this is a product of everything else that has happened this expansion all of the balance changes that have occurred to this point, because this deck wasn't that good until a lot of other things got nerfed first. And so to me, yes, I think, I think you could look at Prince Renathal as potentially being a card that should get addressed, but I don't think it's specifically because of Hunter. I think it's because of what it does across a lot of different classes and, and you know, nerfing like, Maybe it gives you 35 health and you only put 30, you only put five additional cards into your deck or something like that. Make it instead of 40, 40, do something a little bit different. But I, I feel like it's one of those situations where this is, this is their doing. This is team five's doing. Team five was okay with this deck being good. And, and, you know, they were, they were smart enough to see that, that quest, Quest Hunter was going to be a problem with the other things that occur, occur, and they made a change as a result of it. They actively did not make a change to this deck. And so I feel like this deck is performing maybe slightly above where they wanted it to be, but I feel like they wanted it to be kind of the best deck because they've nerfed everything else around it Uh to get us to this point. And so I I think I think the biggest thing is going to be what does this look like after the mini set? And what does this look like 
when we get to the final expansion of the year. I think I think the biggest thing is just adding more cards into the pool to give other decks a chance to potentially outclass what Hunter is doing right now. I feel like Hunter has a lot of really good cards to the point where they can actually fill out a 40-card deck between their class cards and neutral cards to have a pretty good deck that does not have a lot of highs, does not have a lot of lows. It just kind of has this straight line of power that that you can just kind of follow along with. And and we just need to find some other decks that either have a little bit bigger power spike or, or something like that. And this deck is going to then start losing some matchups. But what we're seeing right now is those other decks just don't have the tools to put this deck you know, knock this deck down a peg because all those cards got nerfed. And so we need new cards that aren't nerfed. That's fair. I'm willing to, I'm saying that, but you make a very good point. I'm, I think it's fair to wait until we get the the mini set to, to do anything with it because it, to me personally, it doesn't feel oppressive. So like if it doesn't feel oppressive, then I don't think we need to immediately change yeah, you're you're talking you're talking to a guy who at one point was zero twelve with the deck since the balance patch, and then I proceeded to win five games with it today. So, I I feel like I I feel like there's also some variance. The deck can lose, mm-hmm. right? You you yeah. can you can have even though it is green and has you know plus fifty percent on on a lot of matchups, it doesn't mean it can't get beat and. <laughs> Trust me, it could it could get beat, and it could be incredibly frustrating because, yeah. like, you can lose to Zulak because they just flood too quickly, and you can't keep up with it because you don't find the wild spirits, you don't find some of that, and and or or like, I lost yesterday to a Drekthar Agro Druid. What? What? What year yes. is this? <laughs> I what yes, Drekthar pulled nice. the one what? minion from their deck, which was Guff, the legendary minion, and then started playing spells to then buff the board. I don't know where it came from. This is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I was like, "Are you serious? I'm losing to this." But on turn five, there was a board full of seven minions. A lot of them wow. with at least four health and, and like a taunt that had six or seven health. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't beat this. That, that is wild to say the very least. <laughs> I think that's an understatement saying that that, yeah. <laughs> that is a wild thing to have experienced. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. I didn't realize people still play Drekthar. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. And you to, and me both. To be fair, the only time I've seen Guff, the the non-hero card Guff played, it's usually popped off on me. So, like, yeah, that, that, part, is true. that part follows. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so uh, I, I'm curious. Do, you, do either of you have any tips on playing this deck? Um, 
I would say the most important is to just play for board and play for consistent pressure. So like you were talking about with, you know, if you can find the harpoon gun, great. If you can't, if you're finding things like wild spirits, definitely keep that, you know, um, just things that create something on the board. You mentioned already there's some pretty early drops. So, you know, search for those. There's trogs. There's the uh, uh, spirit poachers, you know, the canine atrons. Uh, but a lot of the minions, I would say, create another minion or have like rush or something else with it. So just being able to create stuff or put something on the board every turn uh, has been for me, the biggest factor in being able to win games. Pat, do you have any any thoughts on uh, tips for playing the deck? So I, I definitely agree. I think you have to have, like, I try and get as much... Uh, of like early curve cards as I can. And, and I try and set up for big swing turns kind of in the mid game. I want to be able to try and find and get the saber online on turn mm-hmm. four so that I can get the, get the, uh, you know, the one, the, the, the second one in the deck so that I can potentially dredge it out with the canine, canine Otron or the harpoon gun uh, shortly thereafter. Okay. And then like, Oh, I'm back. It. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I hit technical issues. Like my mic wasn't working. I was saying something and. Okay. okay. No, I don't have anything definitely uh, to, to add. I think that you guys made very good points. I just wanted to say that I'm back. Um, I So I'm playing the list that has like the doggy biscuits and the uh, ramming mount uh, in, in the three minutes. But I like finding those kind of in the early game if it like they're a good backup plan especially if you get like the canine otron or you get like the trog on one because like if you can keep the trog on the board for a couple turns it it feels really nice um and potentially can 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 uh help you kind of snowball that early sort of pressure and then they have to kind of do some some not so great moves to try and deal with the trog or, or something like that. And then, yeah, trying to set up in the mid game. Uh, and then I have yet to play Sire Denathrius at the top end. I, I told, I mentioned how difficult it <laughs> yeah. has been with me and Sire Denathrius. I still have not played Sire Denathrius yet. This expansion. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll get to, but yeah. Such I is mean, the way. I, I feel like if, especially as the hunter and some of the decks, I, I do feel like the meta has sped up slightly, at least from, from kind of what I've been playing. But generally, if you can, you know, get those, get the wild spirits, get harpoon guns, I mean, create minions. And especially if you get an early minion and then a buff, like you were talking about, I got completely steamrolled several times today with the the oh gosh the slither spear into mm-hmm. doggy biscuit and it's like welp yeah can't those, do anything about that it's got it, it has the potential to have a really solid early game and then like 
that just really super powerful mid game, especially when you hit spear or the uh, the harpoon gun, and there's all that stuff that comes along with it, and those rushing mid tier, you know, mid game minions that like keep the board clear and allow you to keep pushing. The weapon that comes from the stag, like there's just so many yeah. different angles this deck is hitting from, and like it can. And the late game is good too. I yeah. mean, you've got you've got the hunt hunt master mm-hmm. that that you you know you're buffing up to potentially get up to you know three minions with it. You've got the insatiable devourer in there that can take away you know they could like relic de relic demon hunter. They create those big phantasms and then you just devour them with the the insatiable devourer. <laughs> yes. And then yeah, mount mountain bear is difficult to deal with the hydraulic the hydralodon i mm-hmm. i don't ever say that name that name correctly okay. then, yeah it does have have king crush in there that you can yeah. potentially pull out and and yeah the sire Denathrius as well you can you potentially can buff up a little bit and and push some damage that way it feels like you can just it feels like if you don't overwhelm the deck, and the, and this is talking about playing against the deck, if you don't overwhelm the deck kind of in those first few turns because they've drawn a lot of their heavy stuff, you could be in for a world of hurt. And and I think you kind of have to push the pedal to the metal because like as soon as turn three, they could have the they could have the harpoon gun. And then as soon as turn four, they could have something like the Hydralodon, or they could have a mountain bear, or they could, you know, I I have dealt with um you know some of that stuff coming down. And like if you're an aggro deck, if you're like Zulok, if you're like, you know, aggro demon hunter, or you're aggro druid, or you know, some of that stuff, if you don't have you you don't really have tools to get through a mountain bear. It's it just it's not a thing that you have, and so you kind of have to just go wide and hope they don't find that, mm-hmm. and, and try and end the game as quickly as possible. Because the, none of those decks, you're not, you know, you you want to win by turn, you know, five, turn six, turn seven, and you especially don't want you especially want to do that against this deck, because yeah. because yeah, once you get to turn six, once you get to turn seven, once they can start playing those big beasts you're you're not going to hit face any longer also uh especially talking about early on that uh batty guest the 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 one one that summons the two one bat is really nutty and then the frenzied fangs is good regardless if it's infused or not the two ones are solid are, are decent enough just by themselves and like if you make them three threes even better but i've played a lot of just turn two 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 ones on the board and it and it and it it does it actually does quite a lot to keep you from getting overwhelmed in those early couple turns especially when you have ramming mount and doggy biscuit right like if like that these cards help make sure that like something survives for you to buff and then you yeah. can control the board even more. So it's, yeah. I, it, it hits and you first. don't even have to necessarily mm-hmm. control the board either. Like you can in some matchups, but like what you're, you're saying, 
that's exactly what I was saying earlier, right? If you're getting multiple bats down, if you're getting like uh, one or two minions down every turn and then you buff them, you can just smack your opponent in the face. And like, like some decks can't I'm going to win this race it. because I yeah. got 40 health and I've got a board that's hitting <laughs> yeah. you in the face. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I forgot about the bats too. Yeah, like there's just so many things that create minions that if you just put that pressure on, I think probably in most of your games you're not even going to make it to Denathrius because you're probably ending the game before that point anyways and you know if if uh if you're losing the game then your opponent did what you were saying mage and your opponent like beat you down super fast and it feels like you're not really playing Denathrius very often I was uh, gonna say deck, I I have not lost to Denathrius against a 40 card beast yeah. hunter like that just i honestly it's all the other did stuff. not realize that deck ran denathrius <laughs> it does <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, and I mean it makes sense because it yeah. because it's got some it, it's got infused yeah, cards it it's does. got a lot of a lot of stuff in there that potentially can die pretty easily so it does make sense that it's there it just yeah i just want to i just want to play sire denathrius once this expansion I just once, you know, not have it stolen, not have it eaten, actually be able to play it. If I can win a game with it, even better. But, you know, just once. Yeah. I mean, it's still it's still possible. You're you're still able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple months. I've got there a couple. you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So should we switch over and talk about the other deck that we wanted to talk about? Curse in block. Let's do Let's it. Do it. All right, so so Curse Implock, uh, if you look at the matchup spread for, for that deck, it, it's not quite as green as, as the Beast Hunter deck is. In fact, actually one of its worst uh, classes against is actually the Hunter decks. So Beast Hunter, it's got a 46.9% win rate, Face Hunter 42, and Quest Hunter e even worse. Uh, but it does well... Uh, against Demon Hunter, a lot of these are are you know fifty eight to sixty one percent. It doesn't do particularly well against Aggro Demon Hunter. Um, it does well against Mage. Uh, it does not do particularly well against Naga Priest or Bless Priest, but it does pretty well against uh, the Thief Priest or the Quest Priest. And um, it does not do pretty well against. It doesn't do well against the Edwin Rogue. It does do well against Zulok, though the regular, the non-curse uh, card version of Zulok. Just the just the imps. Um, so there, there's a lot of matchups that it's pretty good against, and yeah, so you could you can cue this deck and you could do pretty well. Provided, like you were saying, Dragon Rider, you don't get a weird mix of the cards. Like it feels you so want, bad. you you. Yeah. I I feel like the I feel like the key cards in this deck are impending. Uh, what is it? Not catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah. So that you can draw cards and and imp cards because. And then, like the curse cards are kind of your 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 main 
main win condition, I would say, in a, in a lot of in a lot of matchups. Um, but you can end the game really fast if you have a a a big start with the with the imps. Yeah, there's um, I I feel like there might be a couple slight different variations of the list. Um, the one that I've been mainly playing. It doesn't have Denathrius in it. It tops out at, uh, like, kind of the the six range. Um, but the big thing, I feel like, for me, is the way that I typically try to play this Curse Imp block is, like, try to find all of the Imps stuff first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, get that, that board going early. Get Imps on board, like you said, uh, Impending Catastrophe, and the location are very important yeah Yeah. um and then also if you can get those imps i have also been finding some decent success with the bartenders uh there was some talk during my chat during my stream today um you know some people are like just not hyped on the bartender like they don't really like it or they've even taken it out in place of other stuff um and that's kind of where that comes in, where you were talking about if you get the mix of stuff, like if you didn't get the imps and you you have this bartender sitting in your hand or both, yeah. you're like, well, this is terrible. Like, I don't want <laughs> these. Like, but at least you could trade that card. I, I'm thinking more of like, yeah. if you end up with Bran in your opening hand or you yeah. get the Imp King Rafam and you don't have really, you're not playing imps in the early game, those that feels really weird. Or like, yeah, I, so like, I want to find, I want to find the early imps because a lot of times it feels like they want to, uh, kind of race you a little bit. It feels like when I'm playing the, the curse lock and it feels like if I lose games, I tend to lose games to real aggressive starts by my opponent. So finding like the grimoire of sacrifice and being able mm-hmm. to use that on, on, on a one, one imp early on to kind of, yeah. uh, you know, level the board back or, or maybe even, you know, take the lead uh, with a couple one ones on the board. I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, pretty important, but I want to draw cards. I want to get into my deck as quickly as possible. The thing that, the thing that irritates me most about this deck though, is running into matchups where these People can keep 10 cards in their hand like nobody's business. Like, I've been playing against Priest, and I know that Quest Priest is a good matchup, but man, Quest Priest can generate cards, and it's sometimes really difficult. I've lost games with Curse Lock where I had all these Curse cards in my hand, but I couldn't play them because... My opponent kept their hand at ten the entire freaking game, yeah. and it like, or they'd make room for one card, and it, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, yeah, that like, two damage cool. is really going to do a lot to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. In my experience, I felt like Priest has been kind of an awkward matchup because exactly like what you said, if you go for the imps and stuff early, they just clear your boards. Right, <laughs> they just remove, they heal, they heal and remove, all at the same time, and then you're like, hmm, I have no imps left. 
And then you go, okay, they, well, they, silen- they silence as well. Or yeah. if they don't remove mm-hmm. it, they silence it. And yep. they, and then yeah. you're like, well, your my library, library buff, buff is gone <laughs> or, or any of those <laughs> sorts of things. Um, yeah. And then it turns into, then you have to kind of shift over to the other game plan of like, okay, well, my imps are gone. Now I'm going to try to go for curses. And it, it, I don't know if, uh, if either of you have felt this way, maybe Kat has played it from the priest side. I, have, I feel yeah. like, yeah. Okay. So from the warlock side, I feel like you have to go really hard into one or the other mm-hmm. to win against priest. That's, that's been my experience. Like you have to go really hard and yeah, if you don't draw the deck that way, well, it's probably not going to go very well for you, but that's how I felt. Like you have to go really hard. You have to get, you know, uh turn one, you probably have to have coin. You have to have, you know, some early stuff. You have to have uh, multiple imps on three into generating three threes on turn four into bartender on turn five. And you just beat them down super fast. Or you start out with the curse stuff and you go like coin on turn two into a cultist to start. And then turn three, like another cultist, you know, or uh, or the oh gosh, what's the three cost spell? Now I'm drawing a blank. The dragged the below. Dragged below, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to really get the curses going early. So you have to do one or the other. Now that's been my perspective from the warlock side. Cat, how have you felt with this on like the the priest side? Um, it's felt like if you like the deck can be a little bit weird at times because sometimes it's it's a forty card deck. And it is not as consistent. Like you can draw like the high end of your deck and it's like, oh, that, yeah, no, this is just what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted the, the, the uh, Blackwater Behemoth and my Whirlpools right off the bat. But I feel like if you're able to um, get your early curve um, and if you can make it to about turn five uh, without taking too much damage, you can generally stabilize even if they get the curses going the curses generally don't pose that much of a threat to you if you're able to maintain some hand size because they can push maybe one or two curses a turn you know so it's uh it is interesting in my opinion but like it is definitely not a easy matchup i will say the thing, the thing I like trying to set up, and I've done it once, and it was glorious, was you turn six, you do the Abyssal Wave that does the AoE and gives your opponent the curse. And then uh, you either do that on turn six or you do that on turn seven. And then on turn eight, you use Bran and you use Lady Darkvein uh, to play and get the... Get the uh, the two one shades that do the last shadow spell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and then you like, I guess you have to do it. That is. So I guess you have to do this with nine mana. So then you have one mana left and then you either use the touch of Nathrazim or the grimoire of sacrifice on one of the two ones, which then kills all four of the two ones and the lady dark fane. But you push like, you could push like, five curses in a turn that way but 
you never get to do it against priest really because they they just don't have have hand space to to be able to give you to give them all those curses yeah yeah there's only been like two games maybe where i've been able to even give an opponent like four curses in the same turn I, three you can do a little bit easier i feel like but like four or more it's pretty difficult to pull off you kind of have to i guess kind of in the same vein of what i was saying with hunter earlier like if you're going in on curses like you kind of have to do the consistent you know here's a curse this turn here's two curses next turn here's a curse the following turn here's two curses here's a curse here's a curse um you you can't really generally go in on like multiple curses per turn like it doesn't really have the big swings like that when you're able to pull it off it feels really cool (laughs) but i feel i feel like i've had it happen to me but i'm playing more aggressive decks so i tend not to have much in the way of hand yeah hand size and then and then yeah i'm susceptible to getting three you know two three curses in a turn Mm -hmm. so typically you're you end up using bran with like the zayquil or or like the uh the cultus right to give to give two to give two curses in a turn yeah and then and then maybe and then maybe you get a dragged below in the same turn to do to do three if if they happen to have the room for it yeah i i like the zero cool brand when you have a chance to do that just because it's such a can be such a recovery point um um so like i but i also don't mind on turn six playing the cultist and brand and giving them two curses because yeah like you said once you get the curses rolling every every subsequent curse you push is that much more damage it's so it's it makes a lot of sense to when you're able to push multiple you go for it so yeah and i think one other use that i have also found uh for bran is if you do kind of have the imp stuff going uh bran and mischievous imp especially if it's infused you can go really uh, wide with the uh, the mischievous imps too five, so five imps then, yeah right? so nice. i mean if you have like a location and then bran and then the mischievous imp that's infused you can kind of basically fill up your board you can use that location um and it's it's pretty good there as well um you don't want to play it and then a flame imp. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> makes know. a lot of sense. That's, yeah, um, but generally, I, I feel like the times that you're playing flame imp are pretty early in the game, or you end up playing that uh, to add to your uh, draw or something that you're going to get. You know, with the impending catastrophe. Uh, so you're generally kind of not doing that on the same turns that you would be playing brand anyways. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Do we have anything else we want to say about Imp Curse Lock? I guess we were talking about playing against the deck too, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, t- I, I, so unless I actually really need the health, I don't ever spend the two mana to get rid mm-hmm. of the curse early. That, 
to me i like i've watched some play, players when i play again when i'm playing the deck against others or when i'm playing it i i see i've seen other people spend the mana to get rid of the card early and i guess if you're if you're at a low health total and have to keep from dying i would do it but otherwise like in the early turns when it's only you know uh, one damage or two damage or maybe even three, you know, three and four, depending on my life total. Use your life total as a resource. Don't use the mana to get these curses out of your hand early because that's what the opponent, that's what the curse lock player wants you to do. And so don't, don't, don't limit what you can do in the turn. Take the damage, use your life as a resource and, and start pressuring them. Start, start making them have to answer your board and then yeah. try and play around Abyssal Wave as best you can, because that card is a card that, as a imp, uh, as the Curse Lock player, you're trying to get to, and trying to set up any board for that to be useful. And so, if you can buff your minions outside of you know to five or more health, that that is really advantageous because anytime turn six and later starts they're going to be looking to try and play that card because it gives you a curse and it does a, you know, a complete board wipe in a lot of cases. Exactly. All right. I think that covers both curse implock and our tips on beast hunter. So I guess I haven't seen any questions coming yet for Q and a, does anyone out there in the audience have any questions if not we will move quickly move to the um poll question as always for the week i think uh while we hopefully get a viewer question i would like to ask you both a question okay let's go all right okay so we know that the mini set is coming up pretty soon right we don't know what it is yet we don't know the cards but if you could kind of design or like pick a card that you would like to see in the mini set what would it be <laughs> what I'm kind of question is this like okay. off the top of <laughs> off I, the top of your head design a card for the new mini set <laughs> Okay, I, I Okay, what what type of effect or or something like it doesn't have to be the full card. You don't have to be like it should be a seven mana seven seven like you don't have to go the full the whole nine yards. Just like the type of effect. Well, I'd like to see uh a couple cards that make Warrior playable again. Like I'd like to see Warrior come back like and they've been pushing this damage um archetype, so I'd like to see something that could possibly make that archetype more playable or something to give warrior something some more gas whatever it's going to do so like <laughs> i would like to see warrior back in the meta i like warrior so it feels sad to be a warrior fan right now I, I feel kind of the same way about Paladin. I'd like to mm -hmm. see Paladin back. Paladin feels like it's been gone for a while. Like this entire year of the uh, so far in Hearthstone. And I I don't know. I don't think it. 
the the weird thing is I don't think that there is not a deck for Paladin right now that I feel is like one card away from being a deck. I feel like Paladin is 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 in a bit more of a bind than that. And so and this and this is not going to happen in the mini set, I might add, but I want them to do something completely new with Paladin that they've never done before. Something I I I don't know what that is exactly. Like I don't I don't want it to be something buff related. I don't necessarily want it to be something like holy spell related. I don't want it to be I don't even really want it to be like secret related. I want it to be something that they've never done before with Paladin. No divine shields, no mechs. I trust me, I don't know what that then leaves exactly, but I would like to do I would like to see them go and do something completely different with Paladin that you're like, ooh, this is interesting. This makes me kind of want to play Paladin. And uh, you know, I think I feel like I feel like it's been a while since I looked at pal Paladin. Like when Paladin's good, people play Paladin because you know it's a good deck. But I don't feel like people play Paladin just because they want to play Paladin. They play Paladin to win games. They play Paladin. They don't play Paladin to like you know. This this is something Paladin does that nobody that no other class does. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know what. Like I said, I don't know what that is exactly. I don't know if it's like weapon related or something. Wait, yeah, let's have let's have pirate <laughs> Paladin. Pirate Paladin <laughs> with yes. weapons. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Th- well, I don't think that's. I don't think that's crazy enough to be like. I want to play Paladin, but I would try it. I don't know. Uh, we do have Hydralisk in chat. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, bring back the Pally Death Knight. Yes. See, there you go. We did have that. That was kind of different than uh, everything else that they they'd kind of done for Paladin. I feel like um, a lot of those Death Knight things were a little different. Kind of interesting. I don't. I feel like they'll probably bring them back or do something similar to Death Knights at some point, but probably they didn't want to do it like too, you know, too close to when Death Knights rotated out of standard. Um, it's so interesting. I feel like I would love to choose something like Paladin, and I thought about maybe saying something for uh, Paladin, but I think I would actually like to see something for shaman i miss more aggressive shamans <laughs> those are some of my favorites um i don't know if if i would want like a totem thing again but i would just i would love to see in the mini sets just an early game minion for shaman that i could play and that could kind of make me feel like i'm starting to play a little bit more tempo aggressive style shaman I just don't know what the rest of the deck would be right now, which I think is the big problem, but that's mm-hmm. what I would like to see. I feel like with some buffs, uh, a, a few cards, you could make Totem Shaman pretty viable, right? Like, you could 
like it's really yeah. it's really good and wild right now. Yeah, yeah. and it's because of the, all the extra totems that are mm-hmm. over there, as yeah. well as some of the totem buffs. So, like if if some of that sort of stuff ended up in standard, um, in either through the new expansions or with the next rotation, we could actually see a totem shaman. I could totally yeah. see it. Yeah. It, it feels close. It really does. It feels like it's almost there, especially with the amalgam of the deep. Like that is definitely a card mm-hmm. that feels like it goes a yeah. long way in totem shaman. So would be very interested to see totem shaman become a more of a, uh, staple. So, all right. Well, so I think at this point in time, we can move on to the poll question. Mage, what do we have for a poll question this week? All right. We got a tease that a mini set is coming. So we want to know from you, are you ready for a murder in Castle Nathrium mini set to be out? Yes. No, maybe it's, it's a pretty easy question. I feel like we're getting to the point where most people are probably going to say yes, but we thought we would ask. I mean, we are still only like 10, 11 days from a last balance patch. So maybe you want to hang around in this meta for a little bit longer and and not quite jump into a mini set just yet. So vote, tell us what you think, and we will share the results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. Follow our top pin tweet and it'll take you to the Dr3 Discord. Email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. You can find myself on Twitter at Alkaline underscore cat, K-A-T, and on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Alkaline cat, all one word. Dragon Rider. Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Donnie DK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K, and Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider TCCG, have uh, some more things in the works, so excited for all of that, but uh, trying to expand a little bit, so we'll see how all that goes, um, especially when... I feel like especially when next year comes around and there's like tournaments and then everybody's getting back into tournaments and and I got to try to figure out, you know, what's going on for like competitive for like, you know, six different card games or something. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so if you want to follow all that fun, check it out. And Mage, take us home. Yeah, so you can find all my ups and downs on in Hearthstone, as well as D&D, my patiently or not so patiently waiting for Marvel Snap to release, at Mage of Death on Twitter. And you can hear me talking about comic books and Marvel movies over on my other podcast called Comics Over Time. We're talking Captain America comics, including his very first appearance from 1941 on this week's episode that is going to release on Wednesday. So if you're interested in that, please come check us out. We are at Comics Overtime over there. Excellent. Thank you, everybody, for showing up for the live episode. It is always a blast to be here. Um, And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three.
Great seeing everybody. Boom.